We are a garden of perfect moments that always crumble into earth. We are flowers of uncommon beauty, always reaching for rebirth. One last butterfly wing. We have been planted with care and water. Only the memories will last of our brightly colored petals and the bloom that fades so That's New Jersey-based singer-songwriter Sharon Goldman with the song A Garden from her latest album, Every Trip Around the Sun. Now, after starting out playing open mics in New York City, Sharon Goldman has built a great reputation as a songwriter based on a fine string of albums, culminating in Kalisha, a woman's voice from 2016, which focused on her own experience growing up in an Orthodox Jewish family on Long Island. Well, the new album has garnered more praise with a great selection of songs, some topical, some romantic, some nostalgic, and some inspirational, and all of them well-crafted and engaging. To learn more about the new album, we're pleased to welcome Sharon Goldman to Folk Roots Radio. Thank you so much for having me. It's my pleasure. So good to talk to you again. 
That's right. We did talk at the the time of the release of Kalisha, which was a, a wonderful album and did very well. I think uh, it just further enhanced your reputation as a songwriter. The new album, though, I think is just continuing things because this really seems to be a mixed collection. Obviously, Kalisha was themed to your own Orthodox Jewish background, but this is a little different. So tell us why you decided you wanted to make this album. Yeah, this really was a different kind of journey for me, which is always interesting. You don't want to do the same thing every time. As you mentioned, the last album, sort of the way it turned out was really around a theme. This time, I actually really didn't have anything like that in mind. And in fact, I kind of felt, could these songs even hang together as an album? Some of them seemed so different from each other, stylistically, thematically, sound-wise. I said, is this really just a mishmash of songs that isn't going to work? But what was terrific is that I uh, got together with a producer friend of mine, a woman named Alison Tartaglia, who is a wonderful arranger. She's also a songwriter, but she's also a producer and engineer. And when she listened to the songs, she said, you know, I really think these could really hang together. I see the connecting threads. And when we talked about arrangements and how it could all play out. When I listen to it now, I say, wow, this really does, you know, hold together, even though it's not around a theme. As you said, there's several, you know, nostalgic songs, songs about getting older, political songs, uh, 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 funny songs even. You know, even though it's not around a theme, I feel like there is a sensibility about it that hangs together and reflects who I am, which is nice. So how long did it take to accumulate the songs for this album? Or were they from like your box of songs that you had for the last few years and were just waiting for the time to to put them onto a record? Um, almost all of them were from, you know, a, a year or two uh, up leading up until the time I recorded the album, which was about, you know, I started recording the album about a year ago. The only song that was outside of that, interestingly, is the song you just played, A Garden. Um, that song was one that I had written around 2015. So it was really around the time I was putting together the Koli Shah album, A Woman's Voice. And it really did not fit in at all. It was just this song that I had sitting there. But when I uh, came upon working on this record, I always knew that I wanted to put it on the next album. So I kind of plucked it out of its obscurity <laughs> and uh, added it in. And I felt like it fit very well with so many of the songs on the album. So it's interesting that that one was kind of from far before. But um, a lot of the albums coming together was around the time of a big round number birthday that I had a year ago. So that's sort of how many of the songs kind of, especially the title track, which references birthdays, uh, you know, tie together and a garden really fit into that. Well, the title track is a beautiful song. Now, we're not going to be able to play it today because we've actually already played it on Folk Roots Radio. But title track, Every Trip Around the Sun that Sharon's talking about, it is really a, it's a beautiful song for birthdays. I actually was, when I first heard it, I thought, well, okay, is this your birthday? Was this a song that you wrote for somebody else for their birthday? But it is, it's a beautiful reminder 
to me, it feels like this album very much has a moment feel about it. You know, it's the, the this concept of living in the moment. Although, you know, you get nostalgic, you know, you reflect on, you know, growing up. Uh, you also, you know, talk about uh, some of your experiences with your father and that funny song, The Collector. But I, I also feel like that, you know, the statement and, and I, I don't know, if, is this a Sharon Goldman thing coming through here that the statement of, you know, be authentic, live in the moment and speak uh, your truth. Is, is is that a lot of the way you think as a songwriter? I think what I would say about that is that I'm just the type of person that I, I feel like I think deeply about things. So when it came to this album, I realized that a lot of it is around just things that I think about all the time. And I don't know whether other people do or not. But, you know, the idea of Every Trip Around the Sun, that's a song that I did actually write for a big birthday band show uh, that I did last year. I turned 50. That's, uh, oh, you're opposite. honest now. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, being firmly in middle aged, I do feel like it's a moment. It's a moment in time where I'm kind of, it's just an interesting place where you're kind of taking stock. You're kind of still really looking ahead. You know, what am I going to do with my time? What am I seeing for myself? And, you know, having those nostalgic feelings and, and looking behind, really valuing family really taking a stand about, you know, even issues in the world. But I do think, you know, in, in every trip around the sun, you know, I'm talking about thinking about time. And that's something that I do all the time. I actually, there's a line in the song that's meant to be funny that I have like a calendar in my head where, you know, it kind of goes from left to right and you're getting farther away from when you were born and you're getting closer the other way. So it's just a funny way of saying something that I actually really do think about a lot. <laughs> well, and I guess you, you know, you mentioned middle age and those of us in middle age, I think apart from the fact that we all feel that we're a lot younger than being in middle age, right. um, I think I've also reached that point where we don't like to waste time um, yeah. because we are, you know, getting closer to the the other end of life. And, Definitely. you know, it's, you, you want to make sure that you, you make as much use of it as possible. Now, we're going to start to talk about the songs in a few seconds, but I did want to give you a chance just to talk about your songwriting style and the process you go through. Can you tell us a little bit about how you write? You know, you've got some wonderful songs on this album. Again, we've talked about, you know, political songs, funny songs, family songs, nostalgic songs, inspirational songs. Take us through the how you would actually, you know, write a song. Yeah, that's something I love talking to other songwriters about. I feel like so many people have their own process. For me, I'm one of those songwriters who typically writes the music first. Like I'll typically be coming, I'll be strumming my guitar or tinkling on the piano and coming up with a melodic idea. And that will sort of lend itself towards the lyrics. But on the other hand, a lot of times I will have an idea in my mind. So you know, for example, in the song, A Garden, I was inspired. That song was inspired by a tweet, actually. And the tweet was the final tweet ever written by Leonard Nimoy, uh, who played Spock on Star Trek. Before he passed away in 2015, he wrote his last tweet said, life is like a garden. Perfect moments can be had, but not preserved except in memory. And that those couple of lines, you know, I had that in my head. I said, that's so beautiful. The idea that we are like a garden. We are a garden. And, you know, I 
have my garden here at home. And so that just, I, you know, took out my ukulele and started strumming some simple chords and it just immediately, you know, flowed out. Sometimes that happens. Other times I'll be sitting with a melody and a chord progression for weeks and, and nothing will happen. But I'd say the most important thing in my songwriting process um, as a writer is having a deadline. So I'm a part of several different songwriting groups where we bring in our works in progress, um, most notably um, one called the Jack Hardy Songwriters Exchange that meets in New York City, and that's been running for many decades. But having that writing deadline has always been important for me. I get the impression that, you know, you're obviously very organized. <laughs> and correct me if I'm wrong, but no, that, you know, that, you know, that I love the idea of the deadline. The deadline's really important because it really makes sure that I, I start to think about actually accomplishing something. Yeah. In my day, in my day job, I'm a freelance writer. I've written for magazines and uh, publications for 20 years. And I, I just don't know what it would be like to write without any kind of a deadline. You know, I, I need to have something. It's so hard when it's just open ended. So of course, you know, there are certainly there are times when I have a song idea and I'm absolutely inspired to sit down right away. Other times, though, I sort of make myself sit <laughs> and come up with something. And sometimes nothing comes. Sometimes it's bad. And other times I'm amazed that what transpired in that, you know, hour or so that I sat. What I'd like to do is to dip back into the album with another song. You know, we talked a little bit about aging at the beginning, not to dwell on it. Yeah, we're both in middle age, but we're very happy and still active. And, yeah. and I would I would say dynamic, which is important. But I want to play Am I There Yet? Because this is a song that, you know, you could just look at and say, what's well, a song about aging? But what I love about this song is the fact that it, it really reflects on, you know, am I achieving everything that I should be? Tell us a little bit about your ideas for this song. My idea for that song was definitely around that. I think when I, I feel like a lot of us, when we're children, we have this imagine, you know, we have this idea in our heads. We imagine that grownups have it all together and that, you know, at some point when you're a grownup, you, you have arrived and you're there, you know, whether it's in your career or your family life or your music or whatever it is. And as I go along, I see that is completely not true, that there is actually no there there. Um, and so I kind of played on that idea of, you know, we're all asking ourselves, am I there yet? Am I there yet? The way a kid would say in a car, am I there yet, mommy? And the truth is there is no there, you know, so you just have to, you know, think of your life as what it is. It's your life. And, and you got to take it by the horns and, and, and go with it because there's no there there. You're just the journey is the life. Which is, uh, yeah, and that's the whole thing, right? The journey is the destination. Yeah. Right. Rather than anything else. <laughs> Let's play that song just now. This is Sharon Goldman with Am I There Yet from her great new album, Every Trip Around the Sun. You're listening to Folk Roots Radio, and I'm Jan Hall. Am I there yet? Have I arrived where I'm supposed to be at this time of my life? Or did I forget to properly 
account for all the steps I took along the way To be certain that I would have no regrets If I stare at myself in the mirror Will I see the stubborn lines or the gray in my hair? Or will I fight the years with all the fear that I can muster? So no one can claim that I just didn't care In this unfamiliar place I am bewildered We were young And I thought we still were Am I there yet? I wasted so much time when I have no idea how much is left Or maybe it's the opposite The less you fill the spaces The more you can appreciate the sunset If I close my eyes I immediately see myself at 15 With my future filled with endless skies Am I the only one here who has lost that open view And suddenly see shadows I don't recognize In this unfamiliar place I am bewildered If I keep asking questions, will I That's Sharon Goldman with Am I There Yet from her new album. It's entitled Every Trip Around the Sun. It's getting lots of critical praise, which is fine because it's an absolutely wonderful album. Lots of great songs. Sharon Goldman is our special guest on Folk Roots Radio today, chatting about the album. I'd like to talk about the making of the album now, Sharon. Tell us a little bit about the process you went through. You mentioned the producer you worked with on this one. Was that the first time that you'd really worked together? We were longtime friends. She had mentioned that she was starting to produce and I kind of had it in the back of my mind, but I actually, this, this album process started very haphazardly. As I said, I really wasn't sure if the songs would hang together and I really felt like I had no vision. So I spent a few months doing some demos at an engineer studio, trying to think of what I could do. And I, I felt pretty blue about it. It just wasn't coming together like I thought. And I said, why don't I ask Allison her thoughts? And I sat on the phone with her for a couple hours while she jabbered on about what she thought she could do here and what this could sound like and this and that. And I was like, wow, you know, this is an amazing. This is an artist who I've known for 15 years. I had no idea that she was such an amazing arranger. So we climbed on board together and really, she took it to a whole other level. And it was a little bit of a risk for me because she does not come from like the folk music milieu. She's definitely, you know, comes from a classical background, a little more jazzy pop. 
but she really knew how to place it in a way that I still think it comes across as a folk record. It, it highlights the vocals, it highlights the lyrics, but she added some amazing arrangement touches. I mean, she arranged, you know, three-part cello and strings and <laughs> added all sorts of interesting sounds that I just love. And I was just so pleased, you know, it was, it finally all came together and made sense. And once that happened, we kind of took it right to the finish line, which was exciting. Does that mean that she looked after the choosing the support players on the album or did you um, also get involved in that? In some cases, she she was the support player in some cases because she's a classically trained pianist. She uh, does a lot of keyboards and, you know, she even added like some percussion sounds. But then sort of together, we brought on uh, a lot of supporting players who we know because she and I used to live in the New York area. She knew a lot of the people that we were bringing on. So it was kind of very natural. She actually did a lot of the arranging you know, sort of shaped it, I would say, all together, as opposed to in other cases, maybe I would just tell, you know, uh, someone what to play. You know, that happened in some cases, but in other cases, Allison was really shaping it, actually arranging it, in some cases, even composing parts. So it was, it was really a unique way for me to work. And I felt like we worked well together, you know, so we were like co-producing it in some ways. And that was really powerful to work with another woman because I had never worked with a, a, a woman producer <laughs> and engineer on any part of my other albums. So that was really interesting and worked well. So I felt like, you know, every time I do a new album, I, I am trying to do something different sonically or thematically or something different about it so that it's not totally repetitive while still keeping a sound that is me. Well, that's great. I'm so pleased that you took us through the process. I want to go back to the album now, because one of the things that you do do is that, you know, you will write political songs. There are two or three songs on this album that would fit into that category. There's a song about 9-11 on here. That's Tuesday Morning Sun, right? Which talks about yeah. the day. Now, we're not going to play that today because we're actually going to play a song entitled Sunset at the Border, which is all about the whole issue of the border wall. I don't want to get too political ab about this because sometimes I find it the politics in the, in the United States mainly, not so much in Canada, but in the, in the UK as well, are so heavy these days that it's almost like you, you could just lose your conversation based on just talking politics. So I don't necessarily want to get into the politics, but I do want to talk about the song because it's a great song. And what I love about Sunset on the Border is the way that it ties in other walls. And I want to give you a chance to talk about where you were going with the song. And you can be as political as you want to be. Yes. I mean, I will say, though, that in my personal opinion, it's not really a political song in that way. It's just a global song and just a fact song. And it's something that I had wanted to write for some time. This is something where like I was trying several times to write a song about this topic and never could come up with a idea that really put it across in the way I wanted. I had come across an article, I think it was just on Wikipedia. I was looking up border walls 
And I discovered that they have become more common around the world over the past, since World War II, really, they have proliferated. And even more so over the past couple of decades, I think the statistic was that over half of border walls or barriers around the world today have, exi- have just been built since 2000. But then, of course, there are walls that have been dismantled. You know, we just celebrated the 30th anniversary of the dismantling of the Berlin Wall. I spent a lot of time in Israel, and they built a wall, you know, around, in, around East Jerusalem. You know, it occurred to me that, you know, it's, in a way, it's such a human construct because birds can just fly over, for example. Birds are perfectly free to go wherever they want. It's only us that finds ourselves putting up walls, taking down walls, you know, separating ourselves, you know, because we're, we have gravity, I guess. Um, But, you know, that really led to the idea of Sunset at the Border, where I was trying to take three different scenarios, a a wall that is maybe built, a wall that exists currently, and a wall that has been taken down. And just the point being, you know, throughout history, birds have always been able to fly right over there. You know, they don't, they don't have anything keeping them, you know, and if you, we just celebrated the, the 50th anniversary of the moon landing and that, you know, we think of the view of the earth from the moon, you can't see any border walls. So it's just something as humans that I think is powerful to think about. Well, I, I love the way that you did weave those three stories together, you know, the, the U.S. situation with Mexico and the wall that, that they want to build down there, and obviously the situation in Israel and the fact that the Berlin Wall did come down. And I love the way that you made it so personal, you know, talking about the young boy at the wall, talking about the farmer, uh, talking yes. about the couples kissing and laughing uh, yeah. in Berlin after the wall comes down. Yeah, I think it's just, you know, it gives an image almost like a movie that we can just imagine in our minds, you know, that 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 little boy, that man, that couple, you know, they're all experiencing something that is just uniquely human. Maybe it doesn't really have to be, though. (laughs) Yeah, Hopefully sometime in the future, we wouldn't need these walls. Well, hopefully we will. Yeah, we will grow to realize that we don't need them. It's a great song. Let's listen to that just now. This is Sharon Goldman with Sunset at the Border from her wonderful new album, Every Trip Around the Sun. You're listening to Folk Roots Radio, and I'm Jan Hall. Sunset at the border The fence divides the desert light that streams through nooks and around corners before the day turns into night a young boy flies a bright blue kite overlooking the Rio Grande his mother peers through worn gray slats where a wall may someday
near Jerusalem's dusty hills. Concrete cuts the holy land that olive trees used to fill. The farmer shades his eyes as the horizon turns to red. His fertile ground severed by the generous Sharon Goldman with Sunset at the Border from her wonderful new album, Every Trip Around the Sun. Sharon Goldman is our special guest on Folk Roots Radio today. We're actually talking by video call, which we've started to do on Folk Roots Radio. You probably realize that actually it makes for, a, in some ways, a, I think a more interesting conversation because it's really like being in the studio again. I love it. You're so clear. I, <laughs> I, saw, your, I saw your cat walking around you. <laughs> yeah, it's we, it's, it's really a, it, sometimes they make a noise during the interviews as well. But it makes for a it makes for a fun conversation. I wanted to steer the conversation and talk a little bit about live because you know you're in New Jersey, the northeast of the United States. Obviously, it's a fairly populated area. There must be lots of opportunities to play, and it's always fun. You know, we're in Ontario talking to someone from far away to get a little bit of experience about what the live scene is like for you down there and, you know, talk a little bit about, you know, live performance. I mean, I think the live scene is vibrant here in the New Jersey, New York area. Um, you know, it's certainly changed, you know, popular music has changed so, and, 
and you know I would say live music everywhere has challenges in terms of audience um, but I feel like it's amazing how persistent live acoustic music is if you can't find it in the biggest clubs in Manhattan you're going to find it in so many other places. So for example, I lived for 20 years in Manhattan and Brooklyn. And I always thought, well, you know, that's the center of playing live music as a singer songwriter. Actually, it's turned out to be completely the opposite, especially as I get older and folk music is not, you know, the top selling and top uh, attending genre. I find the opportunities are outside of the city and more where I live out in New Jersey or out in the suburbs or out in the more rural areas of, of this part of the country, you know, whether it's house concerts or alternative kind of listening rooms, coffee houses, smaller clubs, little festivals that, you know, there's a lot out there. I was shocked. I've now lived in New Jersey for 10 years but I'm still discovering new little venues and things. And um, it's been really, really nice, you know, but there are places, certainly, you know, if you're trying to make a lot of money, you're going to have a hard time. You're going to have a very hard time. <laughs> There's a lot of competition, a lot of talented touring artists coming through um, that make it very difficult. But if you want to play, if you want to get out there and fill your calendar with shows, you absolutely can here in New Jersey, you can, there's a whole scene down in Asbury Park. There's a scene over in Philly, in northern New Jersey. And then, you know, I try to contribute to that by hosting shows in my own hometown. Um, I, I've hosted many singer-songwriter nights right at a, a little old, like, one-room historic schoolhouse that we have here in town that I partner with our local arts council. I feel like that's the way. It has to be kind of, like, homegrown and building a following we get a lot of singer-songwriters from Canada coming down here and touring throughout this area. So, You're absolutely right. I think that you're not going to make a lot of money playing, you know, folk-oriented music, singer-songwriter-oriented music. But if you get the right audience, you know, it's your art and you're sharing your art exactly. with an appreciative crowd. And that's the main exactly. thing. Exactly. Yeah. Can you uh, talk a little bit about... The Sharon Goldman live show. If people come to a Sharon Goldman show, what can they expect? Well, they can expect that I typically play solo, partly because it's, you know, it's expensive to hire a band. And as we were just talking about, you know, I'm, you know, playing for the love of it. But also I love playing solo and I really enjoy the challenge of putting across a show. So I would say that you could expect um, stories behind the songs. I do feel like, you know, not every song has to have a lengthy tome behind it, but I do have a lot of songs that have an interesting story behind it. And I'm always, you know, wanting to, to share that and, and have people be a part of it, especially if I'm playing, you know, a house concert or a small listening room. I love to go to shows where I see performers where you really get to know them and you get to find out stuff about them and they're kind of friendly and inviting. And that's the folk music thing. You know, it's not like going to a, an arena show where it's brightly lit and you, you know, you're so far away here. You're, you're right up close with your audience. So you can't be 
you know, even though, you know, in truth, I can be a little bit of an, an introvert in my performances, I, I feel, you know, very social and I'm, I'm wanting to get to know the audience and have them get to know me. So to me, it's a kind of a sharing and a dialogue and, and trying to entertain. But I do feel like someone just said to me at a show I did last weekend, he said, your songs really make me think. And I was like, good. That's, you know, that's definitely I feel like I'm a bit of a thinker and I'm trying to get other people to think. That's a perfect way of putting it. And you're right. I mean, that really is the the ethos of the the folk community, getting out there and sharing the love of music and, and being able to share your gift with us. That's just wonderful. What happens now? This album's out. It's done very well. Everybody is loving it. It's been, you know, hovering at the top of the folk charts. Are you working on new stuff already? Well, I, I am always working on new songs. That's that's kind of a constant. It's it's really I feel like that's the biggest joy of what I'm doing. Like I've really tried to think about like why do I keep doing this? I feel like the songwriting process itself is probably the biggest part of it for me. So I do have some new material and I'm, you know, still writing new songs. I have to say I don't really know what's on the horizon. I I it it's kind of daunting today when so many people don't even have CD players anymore. People, it's harder and harder to get people to listen to full length albums. You know, just all the challenges that that we're all always talking about. But I, I feel very strongly about continuing to write and share my work. I have one song that I, I'm very excited about that I'm planning to release as a single sometime over the next six months. So that's something that I'll be working on recording sometime over the next month or so, because I'm looking to submit it to a couple of different things. You know, I have some ideas around some cover material. I'm a big Paul Simon fan, for example, and I've decided to challenge myself in 2020 to kind of really put together a set of Paul Simon songs that, that, you know, I can take out with me and have in my toolbox to pull out at a moment's notice. So that's something I'm excited about doing because I'm always trying to, I'm, I don't traditionally sing a lot of covers. I have a few. So it's kind of a challenge to me to kind of put my songwriting aside for a minute and really delve into some other, someone else's songs, even someone that is my idol. <laughs> yeah, no, actually, I think it would be an, an album of you covering Paul Simon would be really quite nice because as we I think people listening to this interview will realize you, you know, you do tend to think very deeply about the music that you're creating. And if you're looking at a, a catalog as wonderful as Paul Simon's, it'll be interesting to see what you pick to yeah, sing. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> great. It's been wonderful to talk to you today. If you want to learn more about the music of Sharon Goldman, head to SharonGoldmanMusic.com. We have one thing left to do, Sharon, and that's pick the final song to play I'd like to play Penny with the Waves, which is a really beautiful song. And I think it's a song that means a great deal to you about the sad passing of Penny Nichols. I wanted to give you a chance to, to talk about the song and then let's listen to it. Yes, I was so moved that you that you particularly wanted to play that song. It is about Penny Nichols, who passed away two years ago an amazing singer-songwriter, an amazing vocal teacher, an amazing community builder. She ran uh, songwriting retreats called Summer Songs. I was very close to her. She was a real mentor of mine. 
she passed away from breast cancer. And during her chemotherapy battle, which was really about 10 years ago, she, she loved to sail and she always described her chemotherapy experiences, though she were on a sailboat kind of battling the waves. And as she transitioned, you know, as she was passing away, I recalled that uh, someone close to her said that she was kind of af afraid. She was kind of afraid of what was to come. It just felt like this big ocean that she didn't really know what was going to happen. And the friend said, Penny, you are the waves. You are the waves. And I was inspired by that idea to think of Penny herself as a sailboat going on her final journey. Um, and I was so pleased at how the song came out and at the response it's gotten. So remembering Penny. It's a beautiful song. And I have to say, when I first listened to it, I, I you know, I found it very touching. And, you know, I think it's because it's that time of life where everything gets incredibly real. And I, I think it's something that's easier to connect to. I know that, you know, some of my favorite songs are songs that reflect on uh, that time of life. A very beautiful song, and I think a perfect way to finish today's interview. This is Sharon Goldman with Penny with the Waves from her wonderful new album, Every Trip Around the Sun. You're listening to Folk Roots Radio, and I'm Jan Hall. California wind dancing in the bay Penny your name is painted on the stern you spent your life in sheltered waters now it's your turn to see the ocean where you'll be free the ocean where you will be with the wave I know you're frightened by the swells of the Pacific how could you ride so high What if a storm gathers and you are in the eye? Penny, just a little sailboat swallowed by the sea. But you are brave and strong and ready. It's time for you to see the ocean. You'll be free, the ocean, where you will be with the
You win. 